You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Locked on ACC. We hope you had a great weekend and start to your week already. We are locked and loaded here in the offseason. We got three episodes a week, but three quality episodes with really good hosts. It's your girl, Candace Cooper. I am rocking and rolling with Kenyon Gibbs from Locked on Wolfpack, and we are set to talk about some ACC baseball, a little bit of NBA action, and, of course, NCAA, because why, why can't we talk about NCAA? A lot of good things to stir the pot today. Kenyon Gibbs, how was your weekend? As I always say, as an adult, the best thing you can do is nothing. And for the most part, outside of uh, seeing some family that came in town, I didn't do too much of anything. I enjoyed myself. I relaxed. I um, uh, That was pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I caught up on some shows, but all in all, it wasn't too much of anything. Are there any shows that you are currently like, I can't be without at the moment? Um, I, That's, I mean, honestly... I am re-watching shows that I've already seen a bunch of times. Loki seems pretty good. It has my, my interest peaked a little bit. Uh, but I'm re-watching both Monk and Sight right now. And both just mm, chef's kiss. Uh, you know, USA, as they would say in ACC country, they put their foot in that one. They put their whole foot, whole ankle, toenails all up in that thing. Well, speaking of putting some foot in some things, the ACC in baseball in Omaha is deciding that it is not playing games this round. We have got some great um, opponents who are going to be giving their best to NC State and Virginia because, listen, NC State brought their A game. Virginia brought their A game to Omaha, but clearly we've got Mississippi State and we also also have Vanderbilt who are going to try and take the ACC office block but let's talk a little bit about the past games NC State playing Stanford how impressed were you by the win or were you kind of like I knew this team could be this great I, I knew that this team was supposed to be this. Stanford was the nine seed in NC State beating the one seed. They ended up in that matchup where you get the worst team coming in. But even the worst team coming in this is the final eight teams of the entire tournament. So when you get down to this point, you don't see any bad teams. Now, what I was surprised by was they were rocking Stanford's ace Beck, who's probably going to be one of the top first 10 to 20 guys taken in the draft. They were just rocking him, just taking his uh, taking his pitches all over the yard at a, a stadium in Omaha, which is really hard to hit home runs in. So that was very impressive to me. The manner in which this team put Stanford down, it was a beautiful thing. It was really a beautiful thing to see. Now, as you set your sights on the team playing Vanderbilt, I can argue, and I've said I watched the, the Vanderbilt-Arizona game, and Vanderbilt was not a team to sleep on. They had a guy from Arizona literally run into the, what is it called, the back wall? He, mm-hmm. he ran face first. It was kind of crazy. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was rough. I mean, that, his imprint. that happens sometimes. <laughs> that happens sometimes in baseball. You know, guys are going all out to get the out, and they, they yeah. sacrifice their body, run into the fence, run into the wall. It happens. But if you know it's a home run, you kind of, like, push back a little bit, or he had no clue? I mean, if you, okay. if you know, like, if you're like, all right, that thing – this batter just smoked that ball 400 feet. You know what's going on. You're not going to risk your health for that. But if it's like, and eh, it's just going to clear the fence, it's just going to clear it. 
you might want to climb a wall and go get it. Okay, so it's all about A for effort. Yeah, for Give sure. Give it to the young man. Clearly, sure. it wasn't enough to beat Vanderbilt from the guy from Arizona, but we've got some heavy hitters coming, the Commodores. Is it Commodores? Yeah, it's Commodores. All oh, right, there it is. I, sorry, I thought about the music for a second. I was giving, It was giving me very much <laughs> Lionel Richie. Two very guys. different Commodores. <laughs> Two very different Commodores. I can't wait to see the Commodores take on the Wolfpack. Are you apprehensive about this matchup, or do you again see NC State rolling? You know... Vanderbilt is technically the defending champions. Last time there was a championship play, Vanderbilt won it. They return almost everybody from that team and add Jack Leiter. Like, this this is a very good Vanderbilt team. However, NC State took down the team that beat them in Arkansas. Well, there you go. So, I'm not. It's up for grabs. Exactly. And I'm not. I don't think that that Arkansas series was an aberration. I think that the first game, of course, was the aberration of of the group because... NC State conceded that game early. And, hey, Arkansas padded their stat. A lot of guys got a lot of hits, a lot of home. Good for them. But that was clearly the aberration that's shown by the next two games. So the Arkansas 21-2 loss was the exception and not the rule. That's not was not reflective of who NC State can be as a team. As well as we're looking at Virginia, who clearly is trying to make its spot as they move on and they'll be facing Mississippi State, another quality team. But as a whole, I'm hoping that for Virginia and NC State can somehow meet each other, you know, in the finals or however we can get this done. I would be excited for an ACC, all ACC Omaha college. World Series. Yeah, I'm sure you would be, and I would be too. I'd love to see that. Um, the fact of the matter is, when I said on Locked On Wolfpack, the ACC has a claim, they have an argument for the best conference in baseball, folks said I was crazy. Folks called me everything but a good Christian when they saw that, and now look, the teams in the SEC, which were the cream of the crop, you look at Tennessee, number three in the nation. UVA took them out. You look at Arkansas, number one in the nation. NC State took them out. So I've made this argument repeatedly, and I'll say it again here. The fact of the matter is we had the deepest conference that just night in, night out, weekend in, weekend out, you were not running into two, three series where you're like, all right, boys, if we just play half a decent game and they play their game, we're going to win by a 1,000. You didn't have many of those in the ACC. So, I mean, the and also what we're doing in the tournament shows the quality of baseball that's being played in the Atlantic Coast Conference. See, and that's the case. If I'm at Duke baseball, I would be kicking myself because if I know I can somehow wiggle my way to get a championship out of that strong field, I'm really wondering how I'm not in Omaha. Oh, absolutely. You know, Duke got took out early, but the, the very interesting thing about it is even – if you look at their ACC championship game, right, that was, uh, I believe that was the first time or one of the first times that NC State had been shut out all season. Like, we can we can pontificate about what happened, how it happened, all that. NC State has a lot of guys that are going to be playing in the bigs in a year or two. And their bats have been buzzing all year. When they got down to Rustin, they were unstoppable. Devontae Brown, everything that his bat touched. Bye-bye, see ya, Barry Bond style without the steroids. So, I mean, the fact of the matter is, Jose Torres as well, Luca Tresh as well, these are quality hitters. Austin Murray, the list goes on and on and on. 
But the fact of the matter is that one old win that Duke got over NC State has showed how good they can be. But also it was a really bad day for State. There it goes. Well, baseball is in full swing, and you can talk all baseball action and much more at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports. This week has a ton of sports action. As we know, we have got the NBA Finals gearing up for what should be a really good conference final action. So make sure you get the latest news, odds, and info on all of your sporting needs. For the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in the game. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. basketball and talk about the fact that John Collins and company in the Atlanta Hawks are moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're going to face the Milwaukee Bucks. Should be a good one. Ken Gibbs, were you surprised about last night's for those of you who will eventually listen, we had the 76ers take on the Hawks in the Game 7 in Philly and somehow, someway Philly just could not get it done. You know, the fact of the matter is, uh, John Collins has been a problem since he was at Wake Forest. I remember I was covering the game uh, for the technician, which is the NC State School newspaper, when Omer Yurtsevin was at NC State, and he was supposed to be the guy. He was supposed to be the, the next good foreign big, nice shooting touch, uh, good rim protector, all the skill in the world. And John Collins showed up, and, and in the words of Cat Williams, uh, a 300C looks like a phantom until an actual phantom pulls up. Yurt looked like an NBA big until an actual NBA big pulled up. And uh, in that game, I want to say John Collins had a 20-point double-double, and, and I've been a huge fan of his ever since, okay? <laughs> Anybody who shows, oh, you're supposed to be the guy? No, you, you know, the, like, the meme, uh, like the meme everybody keeps floating around, says, you're not that guy, pal. You're just not. That's what John Collins said to Yurt, and I've been a fan ever since because he has shown the propensity to compete at a high level against the best when it's time. And I think that he was a little delusional in saying that he wanted to be the first option in Philly, but I think Nate McMillan has sorted that out and shown him, like, listen, this is a guard-dominated game. You have a great one in Trey Young. We'll rock with that, but you're a quality piece. You're a piece that matters, that is going to get us over the hump, but you can't be the star. And on the flip side of that, can we talk about the fact that Seth Curry tried his damnedest to really shoot out the gym at the finals game and really throughout the series, but unfortunately when it came to a defensive hole, he was not the best guy for that. Kevin Herter definitely gave him his time of his life and not in a good way. I mean, I don't... I don't really blame Seth Curry. Seth Curry is a complimentary piece. You don't really blame complimentary pieces for wins or losses. At the end of the day, the superstar, the supermax guy, Ben Simmons had how many points in the game? What was it, eight? None in the fourth quarter? Like, hmm. What? Were the 76ers also missing? You know, we're talking about ACC alumni, a Danny Green, a sharp shooter, when, when matters, when important. Were they missing that in that final series? Well, here's the thing about Danny Green. He is a very good player when that shot is falling. When it's not, he's not. What about I mean, defensively? Defensively, he's good, but let's... He's a 3 and D guy, right? He's a 3 and D guy, but the, the D ain't exactly there. The way, used used be. Be. Yes, the, the way it used to be. Yes, the way it used to be. He is he is still a all right defender, but he's no longer a guy that you're like, oh, that's their best guard? Danny, go get him. He's not that anymore. And 
to some extent, yes, obviously Danny Green is an important part of that roster, especially the way that they're assembled with one of your stars is Joel Embiid, a big. The other star is Ben Simmons, who absolutely refuses, is petrified, is scared, is terrified of taking a shot further than eight feet away from the rim. So you need floor spacers. And missing a floor spacer like Danny Green definitely affected that series. We'll have to have Chris Gordy from Locked on SEC give us the rundown lowdown on Ben Simmons' guy from LSU. And maybe was this how he was always? Or has he slowly deteriorated in confidence? when it comes to shooting. So that's something we can definitely look into. But overall, we've got the Bucks and the Hawks going into the finals. Well, well, for sure. And if we're looking at ACC guys who are missing that infect, uh, infected or impacted series, we got to talk about Kyrie Irving as well being out for the uh, Nets and that that making it a, a an ordeal for the Nets where Kevin Durant had to do it all. He didn't have to do, oh, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. People were expecting him to put on uh, LeBron 2018 performances, and, and he's just not that. He played his best. He set a record for points scored in a game seven, which is what you expect KD to do. I mean, but, you know, that, that last play I against... I think people also remember that he came off an Achilles yeah, tear. Yeah, like absolutely. His legs are not the same, and he's given his best, and he literally had the team on his back. It's more so a James Harden issue, if you're asking. Oh, for sure. For sure. People talk <laughs> about James Harden being hurt and all that, but I, at the end of the day, this was the shortest layoff that uh, the any professional sport, any major American professional sport has ever seen for the NBA. And so injuries are going to be a part of it. And it's, it sucks. LeBron was right. The players who were saying let's wait were right. The doctors who were saying let's wait, they were all right. And now we're seeing the effects of them being right. Because no disrespect to Nate McMillan. No disrespect to John Collins. No disrespect to Trey Young, her, any of those Hawks. The fact of the matter is, if we are looking at uh, a longer layoff in healthy teams, and actually, I wouldn't even say the Hawks was the main beneficiary of this. No disrespect to the Bucks and Giannis and all that he is and all that those guys are. I mean, it's hard for me to look you dead in the face and say, yeah, with health included, the final four teams looks exactly like it does now. The Nuggets are swept with Jamal Murray. The Lakers lose to the Suns with LeBron at full strength, with AD healthy. So, you know, I, I don't want to get off topic and get away from the ACC guys, but, you know, health has played a major factor for everybody. Well, speaking of health, we know that former Wake Forest alumnus Chris Paul will be out, well, was out for game one of the Western Conference Finals, could potentially be out for game two. I definitely think that that conference finals is going to be different without him but clearly for game one it worked it only is going to be more on the sun side if Kawhi Leonard does not return in my opinion oh yeah there's there is I mean that series is another one where there's so much going on and there's so many different things about health and Kawhi is supposed to be back but I'm gonna tell you something if there's anybody who you're not telling him what he when he gonna be back when he's not, it's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> it's Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi take his time. Leonard is gonna be back when Kawhi take his time. Leonard wanna be back. 
Fair enough. And so we'll hopefully have some great uh, ACC basketball alumni to discuss here throughout the rest of the playoffs. Again, Western Conference, Eastern Conference finals are in full swing, and we do not want to miss any of that action. I'm sure these guys are trying to stay at full strength, and they're trying to get right as they prepare for what should be a great NBA finals. And maybe they're doing that with Built Bar. Listen, the best tasting protein bar ever, I'm telling you, it is 100% covered in chocolate with 18 amazing flavors. Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health-conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. RockAuto.com is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car chuck right locked on in there how did you hear about this box so they know we sent you wrapping up today's show we were remiss if we did not talk about the ncaa and the fact that a lot of controversy is around players name image and likeness antitrust laws if you got your law degree hat on it's time to buckle up and get saddled down we are going to have a great conversation with jersey drake for freestyle friday as we know he is an attorney so he is full locked and loaded with all this stuff but i love to get initial thoughts from you ken on just the immediate reaction because people think it's like a huge win and it's a big win right but i think there's still so much more to go oh it's a huge win because um uh the movie 300, when they made Xerxes bleed, if you want people to no longer believe in a God, make it bleed. And that that is, in essence, what has happened with the NCAA. And no disrespect or no sacrilege to anybody who is deeply religious listening to this right now. But the fact of the matter is, the NCAA has had so much power, has had so much uh, strength, has had so much ability to sway laws or uh, hold laws in the way that they want and in the favor that they want, that the Supreme Court, not only deciding in favor of former athletes and, and going in name and likeness, but unanimously doing so greatly erodes confidence in the NCAA's ability to maintain the status quo as is. Right. And so for those who don't know, the Supreme Court of the United States, the big bad boy, unanimously sided with athletes saying that the NCAA rules barring student athlete education related benefits violate antitrust laws, meaning if a kid is a football player and he wants to get a laptop for his, you know, classes he should be allowed to do so it is not seen as impermissible benefits also the supreme court decided it that the decision is a blow to ncaa's amateur model it could open the door for more pay for play lawsuits in the future so this was this was specific to one case but i'm sure there are people who are reeling and ready to at least you know, drop their name in a bucket hat, something to get themselves an opportunity to say F you to the NCAA. You know, and this is such a strange thing because Brett Kavanaugh, who is um, one of the more business minded uh, justices, one of the justices who, you know, you would assume would be one to uphold the status quo more or less, uh, drove one of the hardest points home in saying, the NCA is not above the law. 
The NCAA couches its argument for not paying student-athletes in innocuous labels, but the labels cannot disguise the reality. The NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry. Yikes. That, to me, get Nas producer out here. Break the ether beat out. <laughs> because that is an intense moment of saying, hey, NCAA, your time is up, dude. Y'all cannot continue to tell these student-athletes that you're not professionals, that you should not be making these money, that you should not be having a situation where universities can pay you as much as they want, especially because, I mean, it's been talked about before. It's been talked about in plenty of 30 for 30s, especially the one on the University of Miami. All of a sudden, when your team starts winning, especially in football or basketball, all of these new science labs pop up. All of these new history labs pop up. All of these new mass communication booths pop up out of nowhere. Hmm. Ain't it funny how that works? But the young men and women who sacrifice their time, who sacrifice their bodies, who are driving that growth are left out and paid dust under the guise of, well, you're not going to have student loans. Well, I have to pay for college and I, you, you didn't have to do so. As if a guy like myself or even a woman like yourself, we sacrifice our bodies. Neither one of us are exactly the same as we went in. You know, both of us have had multiple surgeries to have this put back in place, this repaired or this done. To so, I mean, it's, I'm glad to see that this day has come. And with the NIL that's going all these different, that's going around to all these different schools. Um, again, this is just another win, another win that is making the NCAA a little less powerful. One thing that I don't want to see, though, is the the uh, the dissolving of the NCAA altogether. I'm, I'm not sure if that's a good thing, if that would be a good thing. Absolutely, because I think that things will get completely out of control and people don't know how to do, people don't do well with complete freedom. That's just, that's just a fact. That's why we have a governing body in life. Like, people don't do well with complete freedom. And I, I think it's it's not only the the complete freedom aspect, but uh, the fact of the matter is, certain structures as they are growing or as they have grown can be reformed. Some some structures there's no reforming that abolish it, get rid of it. That's it. Some structures you can see it and say, you know what, we can tweak this to where it can still be beneficiary for everybody. Because at the end of the day, if you look at football, basketball is a little different. Once your body hits a certain age. For the most part, you can do what you need to do on a court at about 18, 19, if you're an amazing one in a million player. There is not a single football player that we have seen at 18 or 19 that we know his body can hold up against a, an NFL roster. Even guys that are built like Greek gods coming out of high school, a la Leonard Fournette. What happened to him when he got to college and he had hundreds and hundreds of carries on him? His body started to wear down. He started to accumulate some injuries. Darius guys was able to step up and be a, a big-time guy there. So, I mean, it's just, it's the reality that there needs to be some structure, something that still uh, allows football players to hone their skills, hone their craft. And I'm, I, I don't think that there'll, there'll be a 
good substitute for that. The basketball plays a little different, but football and a lot of other sports, the NCAA is needed. So I think for when it, the major thing I think that you need the NCAA for is sports gambling and sports betting. I think if you have too much freedom for certain people, then it gets real dicey. Then you got, you know, Joe and Tony in the back telling you you're going to lose this game because of X, Y, Z. Shout out to Boston College. <laughs> like, I very much think that you're going to have those situations. So that's why I believe in governing. But also, I think that it allows for, you know, it's a great resource for people who are trying to develop career development, who understand that there's life after sport for not for Olympic athletes, for people who do not want to play beyond college years. They just wanted to get an education. I think it's important to have those career development resources that you don't necessarily get or don't have time for at your own university. I do think you should see, see a career counselor before you graduate, but everyone cannot do that, right? I also feel like, you know, at the end of the day, the NCAA in what it tried to do in the whole scheme of amateurism was great. But when you peel back all the layers and you very honestly take a look and you see how many kids are, you know, pretty much ass out once swimming or once football is over and they didn't have, they have nothing to show for it. That's when I get confused. Like if you are having to be a swimmer and in the off season, you get to do a work study job, you shouldn't have to go through 20 layers in order to be able to do that. Knowing that, you know, we don't get the full rides that the football team does. We don't get the full rides that the basketball team does. Barely get preferred walk-on time energy. Like, if you really understood the way college athletics work, a lot of people do not go to college for full rides. So that whole myth of, well, they pay your tuition, stop, you know, being bitching, like, not, not, not a thing, right? So let's debunk that right there. But I think overall, paying, like you're saying, your experience being college athlete so much different, yeah, it's a hell of a lot harder and it's I wish there was more grace extended to them and I think figuring out how to compensate where I do think it gets dicey though if you tell kids to start focusing on their brand and all their brand 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 and all they're about is that their identity becomes so consumed in this social media and this marketing scheme that are you focused on your sport are you focused on your academics what is it you're really in for because you can go make a million dollars being a florida state cheerleader which is cool but like i don't want it to get to an exploit exploitation level what i'm saying i mean at the end of the day they're if we that's a whole different ball game if we're talking about the nature of people having high visibility and being exploited young people at have who have high visibility who have talents being exploited i mean for christ's sake we can go way back to the cadillac records we can go back to motown if we're talking about uh folks who are young who are talented who don't exactly know their worth and end up being exploited there's there is that's the nature of that but i just i want to touch on something you said there that the nature of how amateurism was created and what it was uh, meant to do is, was good that is one thing that I have to greatly disagree with you on okay uh, let me let me learn you something let me learn you something for all the listeners who don't know how this thing went down now a young man by the name of Ray Dennison in September of 1955 an army vet and a father of three took the field playing for uh, the Fort Lewis A&M Aggies and on the opening kickoff return Dennis's helmet collided with the ball carrier's knee. Now, back then, the helmets were squishy. Let's be honest, they were soft. And the base of Dennis's skull was shattered. He passed away 30, 30 hours later. His wife tried to get workers' compensation because she said 
he would not have been here if not for the fact that he was working for the football team. And in that, Ray Dennison found the loophole of, I will call them student athletes, therefore they're not classified as workers. That is where the inception of the term student athlete comes from. Student athlete had never been used in American lexicon before then. I'm really disappointed. I stand corrected, and now, you know, to hell with all of it. <laughs> Light it up. I, again, I this the NCAA, I really and truly do believe that it was born out of a good and modest place. Because the NCAA as a whole was not born at that moment. Ray Dennison uh, was already the the chair or the uh, president of the NCAA, the first executive director of the NCAA before this incident. However, the fact of the matter is, it's no longer doing just what it was supposed to do in keeping teams from recruiting adults to play against guys first out of high school, uh, having ringers and all that. It no longer does that. Now it serves the purpose of uh, developing kids and all that, sure, but also running multi-billion dollar businesses where, like I've always said, everybody around you is a professional except you. The person who commentates on your game is a professional. You're not going to tell Kirk Herbstreit, hey, Herbie, I'm going to pay you next year in uh, 28 graduate cl- graduate level credits, doctorate level credits. He would say, oh, that's cute. I'm going to go cover another sport. You're not going to tell Fowler that. You're not going to tell Dick Vitale that. So, I mean, you look at the trainers, professionals. You look at the coaches. Is Dabo Sweeney an amateur? Also, I love to see how Dabo Sweeney reacts to this because he said, <laughs> now, listen, I think you're a man you are, Dabo. I think you're a good Christian man. Now, you said you was going to hang it up when they start paying folks. Well, Dabo, they're about to start paying. So get ready. Get ready to have that Sweeney jersey up there in the rafters or the, the Sweeney little hands up there in the rafters. I'm sure that he will retract his statements and somehow find the politically correct answer because he knows that he can't be on the wrong end of history in this regard. He's been on the wrong end of history of so much that like maybe this can be the one. He wins too much. He wins too much for it to matter. He's he's He doesn't care if he's on the wrong end of history. But see, Nick Saban would never say anything like that. Of course not. Of course not. But I mean, at the end of the day, it is. Matt st- Brown would never say anything like that. At the end of the day, he's still a great recruiter. He's still gonna get the best players in, on on earth to come on the Death Valley. He but gets- for how much longer, if you know where that coach stands? I would never send my kid to a Clemson type university under a coach who literally tells you out of their mouth, "I don't believe you deserve any money. I want your kid to sweat like on the back." <laughs> you know what? We're going into a different territory. Exactly, and, and you know what? <laughs> That's you. A lot of these parents, especially for guys going to Clemson. Guys going to Clemson are not, oh, my son wants to be a neurosurgeon, so I'm sending him to Clemson. No, your son is a five-star that you like, hey, you're going to take care of him, and in three years, we're going to be up on that stage, we're going to hug Roger Goodell, and we're going to keep it pushing. All right. Well, you know, that's a whole other topic that we can go into next oh, week. Yeah. We got that talk like... going all day and night. We got that. You know, there, there's, we can solve the world problems I on this podcast. I feel like my third eye was about to come out there. We were about to get real militant. So we're just going to move on. And I'm just going to tell you guys that you should get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes of the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Ken Gibbs, thank you so much for joining me yet again for another great episode. Please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work. Uh, you can find me at LO underscore Wolfpack. You can find me at at Facts Over Acts. Um, you can find wherever you listen to this podcast, you can find Locked On Wolfpack as well as Facts Over Acts. 
And uh, you can find my personal page at TGIF underscore Ken. A lot of places to follow him, so don't miss out on your opportunity. We look forward to talking to you guys again. Have Tiger Aki discussing some baseball. We got a little bit of NCAA action. More to come. You know, Freestyle Friday is going to be off the hook this week, so I look forward to talking to you all then. Stay smart and safe out there. And as always, you know, have a great day. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.